everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin can mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Really quick intro today because this one's a long one. It's Knut again, and uh, we discuss his book in depth and so many other different rabbit holes that we get down into over a few beers and uh, three co-hosts to 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 introduce the show. Um, yeah, that you know. The interest is rising in uh, in the Prince ranks with uh, with the kids around the podcast and the people I'm interviewing and the books that show up, which is just so awesome and it's great to see. It's it's though it's them that ask me to come in and uh, meet the guests and 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 ask the questions. Uh, so anyway, um, quick shout out to. Coin Floor, thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you, Obi, for you know uh, stepping up and um, showing faith in me and coming on and uh, being part of the show as well and being a guest. If you are UK based or if you're in a UK expat and you've got access to the UK banking system and a correspondence address, go start your journey. Start stacking sats, guys. Honestly, please, uh, you know, go over to uh, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten and um and start that journey and a quick shout out to swan as well if you're if you're us based go over to swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten and start your us dollars stacking sats enjoy the show guys thank you welcome to today's show and welcoming back onto the once bitten podcast is uh knut svonholm who i yeah lauren do you want to try and pronounce the name mm. Uh, almost, almost there. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it on the third try after your third book when you come back on. Like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't bet well, on it. <laughs> every, okay, can I have peace, peace behind me for a second whilst I do the intro? Thank you. Now, um, the first time Knut was on the show, uh, we were talking here. We were talking about his first book which was um, a masterpiece, Sovereignty Through Mathematics. There you go. We are now here to talk about his second book, which is uh, named Independence Reimagined. And Lauren's already started reading it. <laughs> as her I'm on chapter two, I think. You're on chapter two I'm already? Sure. She's, All right. she's, she's, going, she's going deep. Uh, no, I'm actually like... There's like two chapter ones. I don't know why. <laughs> That's the intro and the foreword. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. There's some some stuff there before the whole thing, but yeah. But you've read you've read um, the uh, the foreword from the space cat, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, my favorite the space one. cat. Yeah, here's That's the space cat. Oh, I love that. Yeah, she loves the space cat. I love the space Everyone cat. Everyone loves I the space cat. Yeah. But we got the sticker. I want to get you. A Bitcoiner cannot dislike the space cat. That's that's like against all all common sense, yeah. It's actually <laughs> it's actually written in the Genesis block, I think. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> this was my favorite yeah. one absolutely yeah. my favorite so yeah, I, just, actually, uh, I, I, I talked to the guy or I interacted with the guy that that uh, 
Bitco. Uh, Bitco, yeah, that did that one. Uh, that sticker. Yep. Uh, that, that exactly. Drew, drew that sticker. And uh, Bitco, yeah. big shout out for Bit, Bitco uh, Yanowski, who sent some stickers for the kids, and one of oh, them man. happens to be the Space Cat. So I love that one. That's good. Right, who, who has questions for Knut? <laughs> Oh, oh, three! And by the way, listeners, there's three of them here today. Um, we're, we're kind of breaching. Um, okay, Samuel, you're you're good to go, yeah. Yeah. Why did you start the Bitcoin book? Why I started writing it? Yeah. Oh, the thing is, I started writing articles, uh, and I got a bit of a uh, following and uh, uh, a couple of readers. And more and more readers, so I thought, why don't I compile these articles into a book? And so I did that. But then that was the only book I had associated with my name. So the only book you could find uh, on the internet with my name on it was a book that wasn't really a book, but just a collection of articles. And I didn't really like that. So I thought, uh, maybe I should write a proper Bitcoin book and try to express myself more coherently. Do you know that word? No. <laughs> like, uh, like, like to have a uh, a consistent book, a book, a, a book about Bitcoin that I could be proud of, more proud of than the first one. Mm. So that's when I wrote what everyone thinks is the first one, which is this, and I'd like to say it's the first one as well. And uh, then this. This became sort of a thing, and uh, that made me very happy. So I started writing another one, because I always wake up two hours before my wife and my kids. So, and then I went to vacation in Spain, and I wrote for an hour a day. The 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 two hours in the morning, I used them for writing and exercising. And I promised myself to write for one hour per day, and to exercise for one hour per day. And I kept the writing promise, <laughs> but but I fa- I failed at the exercising part when my brother arrived. <laughs> that damn brother! Yeah. Oh, damn, yeah. What a bad influence. Okay, who's no, who's me? Ne- who's next? Lauren's no. next. You can go last. Um, <laughs> is your actual name called Knut? Van Holm. Yeah, can you say Van Holm? Oh, right. So just to um, to fill you in, um, the reason she's asking this is because we've spoken with uh, De Gigi and yeah. he explained that that was not his real name. And when we were having the interview with De Gigi, he had the picture of the space cat rather than himself. So she's yeah, asking, yeah, yeah, is yeah. this your real name or a pseudonym? Uh, well it is my real name Uh, and uh, Swedish is a tricky language and this is this is not a very common name in in Sweden Knut Knut is the uh, the proper pronunciation Knut Knut Svanholm Knut Svanholm so in, no, no, in French it would be a Knut van Ulme. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Le Knut. Hello, Lauren. You cannot pronounce my name like this, or it is not possible. <laughs> so, do you, I have a question for Lauren. Okay. If he had 
a pseudonym, if he had chosen his own name, do you think he would have chosen something that difficult? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, Satoshi Nakamoto. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know Gigi's real name, but I do know Hodlonos's real name. But I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no. No, I, I'm sure it's no. like uh, David Jones, yeah, and he's from but, Wales. But I can pronounce so that, that's it. That's all we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can pronounce it in French. French. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, c'est super, c'est super, très bien, mon ami. Okay, Sophia has the next question. Allez, Hi, Sophia. Allô. Um, how long did it take for you to write the book? Well, the first book took around a hundred days because I wrote a page per day, and uh, on some days I wrote a couple of more pages, and then I uh, then I paused for a couple of days, so I was sort of on schedule all, all the time. And some days I wrote, I didn't write at all. And then I, I had to write some more pages when I started writing again. And the new, the new book uh, took me about a month, uh, a bit more than a month, I guess. And uh, after it was done, uh, well, I, I had a skeleton thing and then I shared it with, with your dad and a couple of other people, the space cats and, <laughs> and your dad and and a guy called Guy Swan, a guy called Guy. And uh, they all read through it, and they helped me edit it. And uh, there are some sentences in there that your father wrote, and I didn't, actually. So he contributed to the book in very many interesting ways. And I I, I might add... A great honor that was. Thank you for, <laughs> for asking me and, and giving me the sneak peek and, there we go. Uh, and, yeah. and trusting in my, in my judgment. Um, and I'm sure Guy and Hodlinor would echo those uh, same sentiments. Right there. I don't think you can see that. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. The, uh, the last bit oh, there. Yes. He, he wrote all of that, but, but he wrote some brilliant sentences in the other chapters as well. Like really? the thing about... Have you ever wondered why TV scheduling is referred to as programming? Oh, yeah, that one. I love that. I love that. It fits, because, um, fits very well with the, with the other stuff. Yeah. What do you do to a robot if you want it to do what you expect it to do? You have to program it, don't you? Yeah. And kids, you don't want to be programmed, do you? You don't want to be robots. No, I don't have a hole in my head like the Matrix. Nope. nope. <laughs> there you go. Right, guys, I'm going to get this interview going. Yeah. So, oh, all yeah. oh, right. Last question. So Samuel, good seeing you guys. One. one question. Why did you start making stickers? Oh, these aren't his stickers. I didn't start making stickers. Oh no! no. I said I, I just talked to the guy today that made the stickers. Or oh. like replied to a tweet or liked a tweet or something, or he, yeah. he replied to one of mine. Or okay, well, say goodnight, guys. Before, and, uh, before, there's one more thing, kids, that you need oh, to no, know hang about. Hang on, the, has yeah. a question for what? you guys. Now, uh, another thing about the book when we're doing the shout out things, the thing is, you should know. Who designed the cover as well? Uh, because this is a guy called Fractal Encrypt, and this thing on the cover here—it's an actual thing. It's—it's it's called a full node statue, and it's a prototype of a uh, a working full node in the Bitcoin network. 
your dad will tell you what that is uh, when you grow a little older, I guess. But <laughs> uh, like how old? But this, <laughs> yeah, a couple of years. Uh, but these things, all these numbers here, they will be small displays that will that will change over time. Uh, not all of them, because some of the numbers are static and some of the numbers change. So this will be a fully functioning thing in the future. And when I first saw this, I thought it was so insanely cool. So like, uh, I tried to reach out to the guy that did it. And then, then someone showed me that it actually says sovereignty through mathematics here. Uh, it's engraved into the statue. Can you see that there? I'll just show you. Um... It's all the way at the back. Yeah, it's it, it's close to the to the side of the book. Yeah, yeah, somewhere there. It's here. Oh, yeah. And I talked to the guy, and it, uh, it it so happens that he was listening to uh, to another podcast, uh, Guy Swan's reading of my previous book, Sovereignty Through Mathematics, when he designed the statue. And he liked the title so much, so that he used it in the statue. And uh, my my jaw was on the floor because I uh, I was so flattered by this uh, uh, and honored by it. So, so that's the story of the book cover. And this is how the Bitcoin space is. We're all uh, we're spread uh, all over the globe, and we all help each other uh, for free. <laughs> mostly and uh, like we all benefit from each other's help uh, in so many lovely ways i've never met a uh, collective that is so friendly to each other as the as the bitcoin crowd is uh, and i just wanted to tell you kids the story about the the book cover because i think it's so cool don't you yeah yeah, yeah. but my favorite part at the back is is the guy throwing you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bottles. shout out to that guy too. He's called Swede Toshi. So I, yeah, I remember. I, I guess he's another Swede, and he makes these wonderful little meme pictures of of uh, semi-famous Bitcoiners. And apparently, I'm one of them now. So, so he made this <laughs> so he little <laughs> meme of me throwing. This is lightning in a bottle. There, you know about the lightning network. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess you heard the word. And he, here I am throwing throwing lightning in a bottle at at the world. I guess <laughs> it looks like a midget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, can you say good night to? Good night. Good night. Bye, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Could you close the door? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, like, really, though, um, congrats on the book. Oh, thank Again. you. Uh, thank you. Uh, and uh, the same to you. <laughs> let's, let's raise, thank you. Cheers. And cheers. let's raise cheers. Here's, and, uh, uh, here's to uh, uh, <laughs> a beautiful friendship. <laughs> and the next four years. And the, the next four yeah, years. The next, because next epoch. At time of recording, listeners, we are um, we are one day um, after after halving. And uh, how how did that go for you, mate? What what was what was going on for you yesterday? 
Well, I was uh, at the uh, Value Bitcoin conference online. Uh, I had I had booked tickets uh, and booked a hotel and everything for Munich in the beginning of June, but that was all cancelled out because of the COVID nineteen eighty four virus that is going on <laughs> across the globe. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do another trigger show? It's, uh, yeah. uh, uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I feel like I'm always triggering someone. But, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what happened there? This is also a funny story because just just before I uh, released the book, I, uh, you know, you upload the files to Amazon uh, or to KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing which is a, 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 how do you say, a sub-section of Amazon. And uh, you upload the files, and uh, including a, an about section uh, about the book. Uh, and I wrote a sentence in the about section, like uh, written uh, just a couple of months before the corona crisis hit us, the ideas in this book are uh, these ideas are more important now than ever, and apparently that sentence, that very sentence in the in this little about section, triggered one of the AI uh, COVID conspiracy theorists blocking mechanisms at Amazon, so it got censored. So I got an email saying like. Uh, we, we we do not publish uh, unofficial material about the coronavirus uh, because we don't want people to follow anything else but the go- official government guidelines. So really Orwellian and dystopian in every way. This this little innocent sentence that didn't even say anything about the virus or what you ought to do about it or wh- how you ought to tackle it or about governments or anything. Just it just basically said that the book was written before the crisis. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that was enough to, to for the filters to to cancel it out. So so I was a bit scared about like maybe I can't do this this way or maybe I'll have to to try something else. But what I did was I, I just copied parts of the email and uh, I put it put them in a tweet and I couldn't have asked for a better way to promote the book in the Bitcoin uh, space, right? Because <laughs> everyone gets so triggered by by this dystopian future that we're already in. So so that made the book the talk of the day, and uh, w- well, uh, it's <laughs> I'm uh, uh, enjoying w- people's comments about it. Uh, I mean, uh, most people have had to wait for a while to get a physical copy because of the delays in the mm-hmm. supply chains all over the globe. But uh, it's gotten six reviews on Amazon so far, and uh, all five stars. So uh, I'm very happy that I wrote it, and I'm very happy that it's out there now. And I'm very happy about the whole chain of events and every everyone involved and everything so far in it. And uh, well, the point I was getting to <laughs> was uh, about the value of Bitcoin conference, which was yesterday, the halving day, or the halvening day. And uh, because of this whole Amazon thing, 
Daniel Wingen, I believe his name is, uh, from the Value of Bitcoin conference, he reached out to me and asked asked me if I wanted to do a keynote at the conference, uh, like a month ago or something. Uh, and of of course, I was excited to do a, a, a keynote at an international conference uh, like that. And this is the American version of the conference. There will be another one in June uh, when... Uh, uh, the European version, but uh, uh, so I, I I was on a panel and uh, uh, and I did a keynote yesterday, uh, but I didn't really have time to to uh, to write a keynote speak speech or anything. So so I just read a chapter from the book, the first chapter from the book in my uh, in a kids' room here in the house with <laughs> uh, some striped wallpaper and like. I was sitting couch down like this, reading a bedtime story for Bitcoiners. So, and it was quite late for the European uh, viewers. So it was like a bedtime story for Bitcoiners. Oh, uh, that's awesome! So that uh, and that was like within an hour after the halvening, and the the panel was pre-halvening. So, so you, uh, I mean, these two days, uh, the, the the conference has been go- going on today too, and I watched some great panels and some great keynotes. And uh, there's just been electricity in the air. Uh, there's such great vibes everywhere. And so good to see everyone again and interact with people that you met on Twitter and all, all these things that you do on regular Meetspace conferences. But doing it online now, is, it's, it's just great. And, and there's really no limit to how often we can do this now since we can all interact so, so easily and... Uh, of course, Bitcoin is on the front line when it comes to this as well. So, like, to these technologies. So, of course, the the, the people at the Value Bitcoin Conference were, have, have been very professional in the in the setup of the conference. Like, changing from a physical conference to a digital one in such a short amount of time and making it work out so well, it's, uh, it's just... Phenomenal! So a huge shout out to all of them as well. So uh, I've been enjoying two Bitcoin heavy days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, like the response to the book has just been, from what I can see on Twitter, like pretty amazing. Um, and I received, obviously, you know, as we said before, you included me in, um, you know, the pre-launch, and I got a sneak peek and read through it and got a chance to contribute and for that I'll be forever very forever grateful <laughs> and I just received my hard copy yesterday on the day and I think I I tweeted you and timestamped yeah uh, yeah yeah everything just seemed blocks. to like yeah, yeah. everything just 59 blocks right yeah it's just the and, lines <laughs> yeah but I'd ordered it I'd ordered it like you know the day of release uh, but like you said it had just taken so long to get through um, and then I also tweeted you, uh, no, I, I sent you a text or a video of, um, because what, you know, a little story for you. I, I bought the book in from, from the post box and uh, I opened it up and I said, oh, excellent, unbelievable. On the day of days, Knut's new book has arrived. And Lauren heard me. She's like, I'm reading that. I'm reading that, Daddy. You've already got too many books. I've seen the amount of books next to your bed. You don't need another book. I'm reading that one. 
This and is, that was so like, weird. Wow, that's that's <laughs> that's nuts. And I and she did, and um, that's why I sent you the uh, the little video of her reading the book in her Bitcoin T-shirt, which um, was donated by uh, Didi Taihutu. And <clears throat> no, this is so weird. This, the whole thing. This is, is so- proof. This is proof that what what you're doing, what your work is doing. And, you know, for anyone listening as well uh, that is part of this space and whether you are writing books or articles or hosting podcasts or just, you know, uh, uh, contributing on Twitter, memeing, whatever it is, like these are now, this is the foundations that we are that we are planting. And, you know, I think we're all here to inspire the next generation or two generations behind us. Yeah. And... It's happening, and that's amazing. Yeah, and it's about skin in the game and uh, not not being afraid. Uh, that's a key thing. Like, don't be afraid of failure because you you can you can never excel at anything if you're if you're scared of how far you can take stuff. Uh, so this so is this is a nice point. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. Try try to do your best. How try, many? Try to, yeah, how how many people do you think are listening to this right now that have got an article in them or a book? What, what would you say to that person? I have no idea, man. I like that depends on who it is, because some people shouldn't write at all, <laughs> even if they want to, of course. <laughs> not 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 to 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 beat my my own chest too much, but uh, you know. It isn't for everyone, but I think uh, that there's there's some key things here. If if you find something that you're passionate enough about, uh, yeah, there's a quote I always use as well from Queens of the Stone Age: "I want something good to die for to make it beautiful to live." Like the, that's that's uh, how I try to see it. And like just just let's testing. Let's let's, let's let's say that slower. I want some say something <laughs> good to die for. To make it beautiful to live, right? And uh, uh, like in what, whatever you're doing, try try to challenge yourself to see how uh, how how well you can do it. But but don't let like stop at ninety five and at ninety five percent perfection. This is, this is a key thing I learned from uh, an interview with Trey Parker who makes South Park. <laughs> uh, who said that? Like, if if I put like uh, th- they make the South Park episodes in four days, which is which is just ridiculous. Uh, uh, imagining uh, the 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 creativity of those guys, and like they have a think tank of uh, like ten people that writes the that comes up with ideas for episodes, and then Trey puts it all together, and they animate it, and they release it four days after that. Uh, uh, which is a process that has evolved over time, of course, uh, because they, they they started out with uh, cut out uh, little figures that they moved around in one click for each uh, movement. Uh, anyway, uh, he's he's he said that if he he could have tried to perfect his his art form, like and make the episode the best it could be, and it would take him. Uh, two mo- two months to make an episode instead of four days, and it would have made the episode five percent better. 
<laughs> so so the, there's there's a trade-off between the time you put in and and also the uh, like in order to keep a nerve in it you you can't work on it for too long and i think this goes for en- anything you do creatively like uh, as you know I, I i did a lot of music before and recorded my own music and uh, uh, i was in a band like 15 or 20 years ago now that we, we we worked for a year on an album to try to make it perfect and it came out mediocre because we we, we like focused on the on, on hi-hat sounds and <laughs> what what synthesizer reverbs to use and like completely arbitrary things that, that when we should have just kept the kept the fire of it intact and uh, I believe there's some some truth to that. You can't be too much of a perfectionist, but you should try to challenge yourself. You should have added more cowbell. I should have added more cowbell. <laughs> of course, the the drummer for that band actually had a cowbell, and he played it quite a lot. But but you can always use more. <laughs> I got a fever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let listeners. We'll let the listeners, if they don't know what we're talking about, they can go and find that clip for themselves by Googling, I need more cowbell, and uh, go yeah, and spend yeah. uh, two or three minutes watching that clip. <laughs> All right. So, South Park, favorite ever episode? Oh, there's so many to choose from. I just watched the last two seasons, and I, I really like the last one uh, because it goes in waves. Like, uh, uh, they, they can do like three seasons that are. N- not very good, or at least not not as brilliant as you want them to be. They're still good, but not as brilliant as you want them to be. And you think that oh, he's he's lost his mojo, and uh, Trey cannot deliver anymore. And then all of a sudden, he comes back and he does something something spectacularly good. And uh, like, there's so many there's so many great episodes to choose from. Uh, I really like an episode called Casa Bonita, uh, when when Cartman wants to go to a uh, a Mexican restaurant, but uh, Kyle doesn't want to take him. He wants to take Butters instead, so he has to fool Butters that the world is coming to an end, and Butters has to, has to live in a bunker and stuff. Uh, it, it's it's hilarious. And uh, of course, there's the uh, the one the human sent iPad. That's uh, <laughs> did you see that one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't know that one. Uh, yeah, you have to check it out. It's uh, I, I when can't Bitcoin even describe. episode have they? Yeah, have they, they done. No, they haven't done that yet. Uh, so, uh, do you have suspicions that the you know that uh, Trey is Trey Parker a, and Matt Stone, isn't it? Yeah, this is yeah. Shout out to Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And why haven't you done anything on Bitcoin yet? Is it because it's not funny because you're into Bitcoin and uh, <laughs> there's nothing to make fun of? What, like, you could make fun of Craig Wright. <laughs> you could make fun of <laughs> yeah. Roger Veer. There, there is, like, there are so many people. They could even choose. make fun of Satoshi, right? Like, yeah, know, yeah. Imagine a, imagine a South Park Satoshi character. Like, you know. Yeah, right, yeah, we- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin fam, we're going to have to get on top of this one and get a South Park Bitcoin episode going. That would yeah. be, and Knut yeah, can yeah. write it. <laughs> Imagine that going from from this to a writer on South Park. That would be something. <laughs> right? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the two hundredth episode, I believe it is, with the Mohammed cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much line stepping and and the, the t- talk about trigger episodes, like uh, yeah, and uh, it all ends with them putting their heads in sand instead of doing anything about it. Like it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I got it. I wanted to to play a little game tonight. Can All right. I, yeah. Because and the, the the reason I thought of this game was as I've been watching people talk about your book on Twitter. Yeah. There are there are so many like highlighted, underlined if readers if you ever listeners if you ever pick this book up and and read the book just take the lid off a of biro and just start drawing lines underneath it because I think the whole thing is underlinable. Um, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you for a number between, uh, uh, we won't take the disclaimer, we'll go from chapter one, a number, we'll do this like two or three times, between 13 and 101. Oh, between 13 and 101, I'm going to read uh, a sentence from whatever page you pick. And then we're going to get into that rabbit hole. Okay, I'll start with the meaning of life, 42. (laughs) Which is 21 times 2. Exactly. Uh, Bitcoin Holy crap, is that a rabbit hole itself? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bitcoin plus Bitcoin Satoshi's vision is 42. Right, okay, here we go. Oh, man, this is awesome. So page 42, when you notice how unfair the whole system is, it's easy to become cynical and suspicious of everyone. Try to focus on what works instead and beware of conspiracy theories. Our cognitive biases skew our perceptions and because of this, don't trust verify. Approach is always the correct way of tackling a problem. Don't guess, look it up, all of it. Yeah, good advice, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I think this uh, there's like to every new meme that pops up on the internet, there's an anti-meme, and there there are always the people that take it the complete opposite direction. So, <laughs> yeah, for instance, you have veganism and militant veganism, and then you have the <laughs> carnivores, of course. Uh, not not pointing fingers here and saying that it's right or wrong. But uh, uh, and I believe there's some merit. There's some merit to uh, to lifestyle choices, to whatever lifestyle choices you make. But you ought to make them by doing your own research and not following leaders. It's like life of Brian when like we're all different. Yes, we're all different and all that. Like <laughs> we're so good at that. Uh, at we think we question things. And we think we think for ourselves, but we don't. <laughs> we f- we're followers. M- most 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 people are followers, and they find some authority figure and they follow them. And uh, I've fallen into this trap myself a great number of times. And like, uh, especially in the Bitcoin space, you can you can become you can easily become very disappointed. Uh, if you listen to the OGs and all of a sudden you you realize that they're really shitcoiners underneath or they're not sincere enough. So, uh, I, I mean, uh, or like 
Greta Thunberg, like the other trigger thing we talked about last. Uh, apparently, there's an anti-Greta, which is a, an uh, like uh, by gas guzzlers and uh, stop all immigrants type of girl that uh, that's really a big hit in Germany right now. So, for, for every action, there's an equally big reaction. It seems and finding finding a way to navigate all the information is, is the really tricky part, right? So do your own research and don't trust, verify. That's, that's well, that's how far that rabbit hole goes, I guess. Right. So, you know, to, to round that point out, for anybody that is um, looking at Knut as some kind of OG, I just want to throw a Life of Brian quote at you. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. So, uh-huh. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. <laughs> right, another number. Please. You, you you wouldn't know. Uh, you, you don't know half of it. <laughs> another number, please, Knut, from your book. All right, so fifty-five. Fifty-five. Any reason behind that number? Nope. First thing that okay. pops into my head. All right. Uh, which is the start of chapter seven, slowly, then all at once. Oh. Right, okay. Um, hang on a second. Uh, that, that's, that's a description. Right. Here <laughs> we go. A, it's, a chapter, um, it's a chapter about my sex life. No, 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 yeah. sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and it's over. So chapter eight. <laughs> so it, it starts. This, this is a good analogy. I like this. In 1869, Henry Hines founded the Hines Company, and a couple of years later, their now iconic, albeit slightly moronic, ketchup bottle was first introduced to the world. The bottle provides a perfect metaphor for how disruptive technologies <laughs> spread over the globe. So over to you, Canute. <laughs> Can you pat the bottle for us and unpack the goodness in in that? Uh... Yeah, yeah. The the uh, that analogy, uh, like slowly, then uh, then all at once, uh, has been a a a, a Bitcoiner's meme for quite some time now. I don't remember who coined coined it as a, a Bitcoin meme, but uh, it's very. Uh, I, I believe that m- many. Uh, Many of the paradigm shifting technologies in in uh, that, that we have experienced have uh, have like taken over in in this way, like like the smartphone, for instance. The they all of a sudden they were everywhere, and we we didn't really see that coming, did we? Like, uh, well, we saw mobile phones like the the Nokia thirty three ten or three three one zero. Did you have one of those? The Nokia yeah. phone with snake on it. Like that's yep. pr- that, that seems like pretty ancient technology now, but I remember when it was the hottest thing out there. So uh, I believe it's a good metaphor. And to that, if we di- deep dive into that rabbit hole, I believe that uh, hyper-Bitcoinization uh, is the opposite of hyperinflation. And I believe that hyper-Bitcoinization will play out a lot faster than hyperinflation does w- when it actually happens. And uh, no one can know how, how close we are to that point in time or even if it will ever happen. But if it, if it does or when it does, uh, I believe it will ha- happen a lot faster than we think because there's, there's a tipping point somewhere 
Uh, and I think all of all of us Bitcoiners that we we see the potential for for such a tipping point. And uh, there's another section in the book about this always up point and the the point of no return and where the price cannot go down because, like, uh, is that the same chapter? Like where where that, where I talk about the. Uh, uh, Pokemon Go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, some... Yeah, and mobile phone. Yep, same chapter. Hyper-Bitcoinization is a concept that is highly theoretical at this point in time, but as the Bitcoin economy continues to grow, the likelihood that hyper-Bitcoinization will happen sooner or later increases exponentially. And then you go into yeah. Metcalfe's Law, FOMO, and um, the FOMO cycle. Yeah, domino effects. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll just have to read the book. <laughs> no more spoilers. No more spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can spoil as much as you like. So a quick uh, a quick question before we, we dive back into um, uh, the quick exercise. Um, what feedback have you had from Twitter that has surprised you the most? Like, so, you know, when, when people underline these phrases, and you're like. Huh. When I wrote that, I was just writing, but I can't believe that's actually resonated with someone. Has that? Has, have you had that moment yet? Uh, I had that when I uh, well, I was working on the boat, uh, on the boat, on the book. <laughs> so used to saying I was working on a boat, but anyway, I was working on the book, and I I had the idea for how to. Uh, how to express the one-shot principle, which is in the book, uh, and uh, about how how this is the only that digital absolute scarcity is a one-time discovery rather than invention and all this stuff. Uh, and uh, I I read it out on on another podcast, uh, and uh, someone tweeted that instantly. And then I realized that I, I I shouldn't give away spoilers before the before the thing is complete. But now after it's released, I'm I'm uh, uh, well I'm still surprised uh, by by uh, how well received uh, both sovereignty in this book is. Uh, I mean, uh, I I couldn't. I'm just very flattered by all the all the praise I get for the books and. Uh, uh, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad um, other people like it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm tempted to ask you about about your thoughts on the book and what 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 uh, what resonated with you the the most. And what, uh, are there passages that you disagree with? And like, well, what's your takeaway? There's there's, there's none, none I disagree with, and um, none like really none. No, no. And the the way <laughs> no because because even if even if there's something in there that challenges my you know I I enjoy being my I enjoy having my mindset challenged and if my um and this stems back to four or five years no six years ago when we took our kids out of formal education like yeah. you know like you know I've been on this journey of challenging fixed mindsets since then and yeah that, that's the point I, of the book yeah yeah. And to, you know, to live a life without having a fixed mindset challenged, you're just, you're blind almost, you know? And 
like we're seeing yeah. this happen right now. Oh, you're right stuck. Now, the last the last six weeks, you know, um, with the whole COVID thing, and we've we've entered into this period of time now, right now at point of recording, where we're having like the, the, these situations arise where if you just challenge the narrative, you're a conspiracy. Um, uh, you're a conspiracist. Um, yeah. Rather um, than a critical thinker. Yeah, we've experienced it firsthand, right? Yes. The, yeah. So uh, and it's it's tough because you know to to challenge the educational system, you're a conspiracy um, kind of. You're in this conspiracy camp uh, because we all we've all had it just force fed down our necks. It's funny. I live in the, the land of foie gras here and, um, yeah, you, you, you force feed, you force feed ducks and goose and, uh, geese, excuse me. Um, and that's basically what we've been, we've been force fed this narrative of, you know, whether it is modern monetary theory, our education systems, the way we need to work, the way we need to um, conduct ourselves in in certain settings, whatever yeah. that might be, uh, you know, it's just everything is just pure conditioning. To that point, and that's you. You start the book on this on this on this theme, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's independence reimagined. It's what the whole book is about. But like, um, you know. Humans are, you know, this is chapter one. Humans are unlike other animals. Our ability to cooperate on massive scales certainly seems to be a skill other apes or mammals lack. But yet, we're not really using it. No, and it's, it's, it's backfiring. Uh, and uh, th- this ties back to, uh, to the, the thing about uh, the, the, the trap of falling into uh, being a conspiracy theorist and like becoming Alex Jones or David Icke. Uh, like the thing is, uh, there are very many talented people out there in the in the legacy system. Like the, there are brilliant doctors in every country, and they're really great at their jobs, and they're really doing great work for humanity every day, and uh, including like ideas about how to tackle the coronavirus and uh, what measures uh, they ought to advise governments to take and like there's nothing wrong with those people uh, the, the the problem arises when when there's a when there's when, when taboos arise and there's a taboo on on saying on challenging whatever measures are taken like like uh, Freedom of expression and freedom of thought is 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 what what made those doctors excellent at what they do in the first place. So if we cut that out from the system, we have nothing left, and we will be like I know I know now, for instance, like in Sweden, we're uh, you know a, a left wing country where where uh, superficial traits uh, are uh, like premiered everywhere, like. Uh, you get higher grades if uh, if you're likable rather than if you uh, like if you're disagreeable you have a very low chance at getting high grades in school uh so like 
there's a lot of group work uh, in the uh, in the classroom and like individualists are not really getting anywhere and i know i know uh, like there there are always uh there's a limited number of of uh, seats in the uh, uh, uh the medical university studies uh in sweden and like there's always more candidates with top grades <laughs> than there than there are places for them to fill up so they just uh, at least a couple of years back they just randomly gave them out to all of these students that all had uh, straight A grades and there are so many students with gra- uh, straight A grades because the teachers are afraid of giving them less because their parents uh, uh, threaten them that they will sue them if they treat their kids uh, uh, wrongly and everything we end up with a society where everything is politicized and uh you, you get into high positions by by virtue signaling rather than actually knowing stuff and there there's something w- when they try to make everything equal for everyone and when they try to make like a a uh, professor's title in uh gender equality studies as uh, <laughs> uh as important as uh, like a uh uh, something in in quantum physics or whatever, uh, you, you you like you reduce, you take away a very important base layer in society that that informed people make more informed decisions and like I'm I'm having a hard time expressing this I realize but but you you get my <laughs> point. <laughs> but uh, this must be truly worrying for you because you are a critical thinker. You see the other side of the coin. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I believe homeschooling is illegal in Sweden. Like you, you don't have the choice. You, I, you have I to don't think them. it's illegal, but uh, but I think there's uh, there's too much hassle to it, so there's no point in even trying. And uh, everyone is tied up with their nine to five jobs anyway, so we don't have the time to be at home with our kids really. And like. Uh, I've I've taken my kids out of school for a couple of weeks now when the COVID hits because my wife is in one of the risk categories mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's just a dice I don't want to throw right now and uh, mm-hmm. like uh, getting my kids off the brainwashing machine was just a bonus so we did that uh, yeah. but the, now there's talk about a fine uh, or uh, like uh, it's uh, the the. The very notion that it's criminal to take your kids out of school—it's—it's it's, to me, it's that—that's a, a fascist thing. Mm-hmm. That they, they force you to give up parts of your life. And I used to think that it was only the conscription thing. We had man- mandatory conscription in in Sweden uh, when when I grew up. Uh, I didn't have to do it, uh, but but anyway, a, a lot of my friends did, and they they just basically stole a couple of years from your life where you had to do military service but the school is basically the same thing a school is is not voluntary not really uh it like it should be but it isn't and then then you have finland like our neighboring country who has like one of the freest school educational systems on earth they don't even have different classes they they do everything uh, like and they have the least amount of hours, uh, mandatory hours in school of of any country, 
and uh, and they're scoring the highest P on the PISA test uh, every year uh, alongside South Korea, which is ultra competitive, which is the other way to go, uh, I guess. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, where was I? Where, where, where were? What, what was well, the my, question, my question again? To, yeah, no, my my question to you was like, you know, th this this must be, you know, like a, a really kind of compromised um, position for you to to have the knowledge that you do and to to write so eloquently about it and see it for what it is, but at the same time still have to be you know almost a slave to the system it's i know for me it's hard and i'm nowhere near on like the the, the planes of intelligence that you are oh come on you are <laughs> <laughs> but take i mean you know take the clump take the compliment and you know let, let's think about like how does that how does that sit with like you know that must sit pretty hard it, it, it's it it's got to yeah it's it it touches the soul in some ways it it really does and like i've had this experience before when when i was working on on the ship and my uh my daughter was just born i i, I was away for like or even before that when my my uh, my youngest kid my son was uh, about uh, uh uh, two months away from his first birthday, uh, and I was out for ten weeks, and uh, and being away from from your newborn child like that uh, at that critical point, that uh, that was really rough uh, for the psyche, uh, and uh, that's when I realized I, I have to, I, I have to get a, <laughs> I have to stop doing this. Uh, boating thing <laughs> uh, uh, w but how, how that ties into like because that was a job and I had to do the job in order to get uh, to support my family so there was like a, a dilemma there and uh, we're, we're, we all have our 9 to 5 jobs and we're, uh, we're forced to do them and only uh, a small portion of us, a lucky few get to, get to choose what, what they do with their lives I mean, I could put everything on the line and uh, and try this being a Bitcoin author full time. Uh, and I, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about just, uh, but <laughs> I I've gotten quite far at this point in the legacy system as well. So I don't want to like uh, I don't want to go all in just yet. And uh, and I I wouldn't say that my my day job is. Uh, is boring because it isn't. I, I feel I grow I grow a lot from from uh, having a manager position there and uh, getting to know all these all these people and how to tackle people and how to talk to people and how to write emails professionally and what, whatever uh, and being in an office and just playing the game of being in an office uh, is very uh, it helps me grow. Uh, it really does because I haven't done it before, <laughs> so so I'm still in the phase where I'm I'm sort of excited just to have a regular job. Uh, so, so we're back to front. I, I need to go sailing on a tall ship around the world for one or two years to 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 round out my knowledge. Yeah, you have to do the, that yeah. till you're bored with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<clears throat> the Atlantic Ocean is boring, you know. There's a dolphin. <clears throat> oh, so what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've seen one, you've seen them all. So then what do you think, you know, as the next the next five years play out? Um this is going to be such a period of of change for so many people that are we you know as as bitcoiners um that have been you know in the space for you know four to five years whatever yeah are we even ready for it do you think uh ready for ready for what exactly for the for the crisis or for the uh, for what like <clears throat> Are we ready for a post-crisis world? Um, because we know there's going to be an economic downturn, and at the same time, let's just say Bitcoin does decouple, as we think it will, and we're heading towards prices uh, by mid 2025 of anywhere between fifty to two hundred fifty thousand dollars per coin. Uh, I- Who can be ready for that? Yeah, tough question. Uh, I don't know if we're, if anyone's ready for it. I, I think some of us are more ready than others. And like being a Bitcoiner and being a hodler is is like preparing yourself. Uh, Gigi talked about this in the uh, at the conference about like he's preparing for war. <laughs> he is <he's> pre- <laughs> preparing okay. for the bad time. Like, and I can see that. And uh, like physical war, like you know. Guns and uh, yeah, all, all all kinds of wars you can think of. I mean, <laughs> yeah, have you seen those dystopian videos about swarms of drones, little drones with little explosives in them that can like uh, you can find everyone that liked Justin Bieber's last single and uh, assassinate mm. them all at the same time? <laughs> it's scary. This is Black Mirror stuff. Uh, it's Black Mirror stuff, really. Unfortunately for us, we live in the brown mirror period. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, that's the dystopian yeah. future. But I try what's, to be an optimist. What's I, I the really optimistic do. and the utopian future? That, that's a brilliant guy called the rational, who calls himself the rational optimist, like, mm-hmm. that did like TED Talks 15 years ago. Uh, and I mentioned... Hans Rosling and Steven Pinker in the book. Yes. And even though I don't agree with them uh, mm-hmm. always, uh, I, I tend to disagree with them more than I do agree with them. They, there is some some merits to what they have to say because they're they're uh, they're they're very positive in their worldview. I mean, and if you look back, like. 30 years ago or 50 years ago even like we grew up in the 80s both of us and uh, we, uh, in the 80s uh, Africa w- was uh, in, <laughs> from what we knew and the new, yeah, the narrative uh, ev- we were fed <laughs> yeah yeah everyone was starving in Africa everyone and, yeah, yeah and it was, it was sort of true uh, and the, some some African countries had have had really marvelous uh development since that since then and uh we, we live in a different world and the poorest people on the earth uh have uh th- their day-to-day life is a lot better now than it used to be and we shouldn't forget that it's like 
it's it's the middle class that will have to pay for everything. It seems like the, there will be a, an elite, and the poor people will be poor, but they will be better off than than when they didn't have smartphones. Uh, and I, I I still believe that uh, Bitcoin uh, is more of an important tool to a Chinese dissident or a Venezuelan refugee than 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 it is to you and me and we mm-hmm. don't know when we will be refugees or if or like if we ever have to escape some draconic system uh but if we ever have to it's better to be prepared than not to be prepared and like it's it's easier to store bitcoins than to uh, than to be a prepper. I I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, <clears throat> although th- th- you know, stigma comes with both when you uh, yeah. when you talk about it with um, mainstream mainstream people and mainstream narratives. To um, to touch on Hans Rosling and Stephen Pinker. Yeah. Um, they talk about, um, as far as I know, their message is we've never had it as good as we have today. And yeah. this is something I thought about a lot recently. Um, and when I look at um, the website, you know, I've had Ben Prentice on the uh, Ben Prentice, excuse me, yeah, yeah, on the show. And when you look at WTF happened in 1971, and you think, huh, when when you look at all of that, you're like, hang on a minute. Where could humanity actually be yeah, if yeah, we'd have yeah. just stayed on the gold standard? Yeah, that's a depressing, depressing thought. It really is. I mean, where, where, where do you think, like, we actually could be if we have it as good as we, if we, if like to to use Stephen Pinker, we've never had it as good as we have now. If we'd have stayed on the gold standard, where could humanity be? In your, in your, like, just snap judgment. That's a trick question because, in a sense, we're still on a gold standard. Uh, it's just that everyone has fallen for this pyramid scheme going on everywhere. So uh, <laughs> only uh, only a few select few of us know that we're still on the gold standard, or what? And I, I don't really like the word standard. Uh, I've been thinking about that a bit lately, and uh, the, the, this is a question that comes up like almost as often as uh, is the halving priced in or not. And that's like, what would a Bitcoin standard look like? And uh, what if we go back to a gold standard and what, uh, like, I I don't believe a Bitcoin standard is the correct way to, to approach Bitcoin. In the same way that I don't think that nation states can really own Bitcoin. This is a, another rabbit hole we'd, Dove down to the last time we had a chat, but uh, because what standard? I mean, standard implies that that you're not free to choose whatever you, whatever medium of exchange you prefer to uh, to uh, to engage in trade with other people, and I, I don't believe that. I, I believe people should have the choice to. Uh, like if if you want to give me one of your French chickens and I want to give you uh, a bowl of peanuts um, or whatever, <laughs> nothing should stop us from doing that. And the the monet, if if there's a tool for doing that for for uh, taking away the coincidental uh, 
what's it called again? Needs uh, mutual uh, what's, coincidence of needs. Yeah, yeah, the coincidence of needs. If if we can remove that by using a tool uh, f- for perfect execution of trade, which Bitcoin is in my mind, since it's absolutely scarce, then we should be free to use that. But that shouldn't hinder us from using whatever else we'd like to use. I mean, having a standard, like th- that implies, like, a gold standard implies that there is something else than gold and that this something else is is pegged to gold. And with Bitcoin, the under- Bitcoin is the underlying asset the number represents. There, there is no, it's an exercise in abstract thought and uh, like, yeah, I believe we're we're being narrow-minded. This is like, this is like when we're with in the beginning of the internet era when we we tried to shove shoehorn old ideas into uh, into a new space. And uh, I I don't think this is the the right way to think about things. We we shouldn't think of it as a Bitcoin standard or a gold standard. Uh, we should we should see fiat for what it is a pyramid scheme. And that that site, Ben Prentice site, the WTF happened in 1971, is brilliant and it's telling in a lot of ways. Uh, so if if anyone hasn't checked that out yet, you should definitely. And the co-creator was heavily armed clown, who also has his own podcast. Um, so definitely go check those out. Um, the website's incredible. When you see those graphs, you, you, that's a wake-up call for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. It really is, yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to do another quote from the book? Yeah, sure. Uh, 71. <laughs> 71. Here we go. Yeah, all the all the beginnings of the chapters are on odd pages. <laughs> that's a design choice. <laughs> Please tell me you didn't do that. Like for real. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, with 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 the last book as well. <laughs> so like, so uh, if if a chapter was too short, I just wrote a uh, half a page more. Oh, and is this some often, kind of OCD? Like what? What? Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. it is. I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, but I think uh, putting limits on yourself and like doing mm-hmm. things in a, a creative stuff within a certain framework. And like uh, that, th- that can help the creative process because you b- because then you're forced to write another page and maybe it needs another page, or you're f- forced to remove a couple of sentences if it became too long, and that that can also be good. So it it sort of helps. Right, I, I, I've got a great I've got a great like page seventy one. I mean, like I said, listeners, every single one of these pages, you may as well just underline underline the whole thing. Here we go. So found on page seventy one. Inflation deprives us of the ability to store the value of our labor long term. Because of this, every decision made by every politician, every merchant, and every entrepreneur today is influenced by an unconscious incentive to focus on increasingly shorter term benefits. Canute, inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Or counterfeiting as uh, counterfeiting as I, uh, yeah, exactly. I I prefer that term because it's more truthful. That's what it is. Someone is stealing 
your time. Someone is stealing your time. By not, uh, I mean, shout out to Robert Breedlove. His the the mm. article, the the number zero, and uh, and Baker. I I I just love that. It's brilliant. Yeah, and I saw him in, on a podcast. He he was very well prepared. He has like sixty three pages of just stuff he was going to say. And uh, yeah, that was with pomp. Brilliant, brilliant. Expected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shout out to pomp as well. Uh, but that's the thing. All tools uh, are the the purpose of all tools are to save to, uh, to save us time. So so that we can free up time, so that we can do whatever whatever else we want to do with our lives. And of course, they can make us more productive if we're productive people. If we have time saving tools, they can make make us more productive. And what inflation does is that it. It takes away, chugs away uh, small pieces of uh, the the tool used for transactions, which is money. Uh, if that is not functioning properly, resources will be uh, misallocated, and society on a whole will be less productive and functioning. Uh, it, it 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 puts a handicap on everything, like. You tamper with that, and and uh, everything works less perfectly uh, because uh, of the misallocation of investment. Of course, a a fully functioning, sound money free market won't make everyone a genius overnight, and we we will still make bad investments. Uh, but that's not that's not the point. Uh, my, like when we when we have inflation. We're incentivized to do, uh, to focus on the wrong things, and uh, there's a lot about inflation in the book, and I don't, really don't know where to start because it's about the Cantillon effect and everything. There's a whole chapter on the Cantillon effect, and uh, how how inflation. The tale of the two dicks. Yeah, the tale of the two dicks. Exactly. <laughs> the tale of the two Richards is actually called, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I prefer two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's in there 1971 it's like mm-hmm. uh uh the 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 reason that uh, there are super rich people that own like 50 percent of the world and there's about nine of them and everyone else uh has to share everything else is because of one man and that man is richard nixon and the year he fucked everything up is in 1971 and he was a famously dishonest president <clears throat> like so and that was an awful move <laughs> and we're we're suffering uh we're, we're paying for it right now and our kids will be paying for it uh, tomorrow and as i say in the book they have uh, like hyperinflation massive debts and possibly civil wars to look forward to because of this decision in 1971 when the the last the last thing that even remotely tied the US dollar to gold was abandoned and uh, the dollar stayed the the reserve currency of the world and that screws up everything like one thing for instance the the helicopter money being handed out to uh, every american right now 
which you ought to stack sets with, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, you you get a check for uh, what is it? Twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Twelve hundred bucks, which you can use for whatever you like, and this is newly printed money, mm-hmm. conjured out conjured up out of thin air. So there's nothing. No one puts in any extra work, and you can't print meals. You can't print tools like that. Uh, well, you can with the 3D printer, but that's not the point. You can't print <laughs> like you print money. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, the thing is, if if they would have uh, funded that by tax by by taxes by uh, taxation of the uh, American population then the Americans would have to pay for their own shit. But since the dollar is the world's reserve currency, everyone on Earth is paying for those helicopter money being handed out right now. So you and I are paying for it by using uh, kronos and uh, euros because of their connection to, to the US dollar and oil being traded in US dollars and everything like that. So, And uh, everyone on Earth says that Trump is such an idiot and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he, he might be. Uh, he certainly behaves like he's, a, like he's a moron sometimes, but he's still stealing your, the fruits of your labor. He's stealing it, and you're falling for it. And there's only one way out. <laughs> exactly. And I want to... I I want to push UBI to become universal Bitcoin income and take that 1200 bucks and stack your sats and opt yeah. out of this, this current financial system. Um, yeah. No, this, yeah. But it's very tough, right? You know, if, if, if people need that money just to get food on the table, then, and to look after their family yeah. um, and to go about their daily lives, they just become further entrenched in uh, like surviving on the state and yeah it's ddr uh, that's what it is <laughs> it's it's communism it's not even socialism it's communism uh, and uh, and it's awful and everyone who believes that universal basic income is a good idea including some of my idols like jack dorsey and elon musk and th- these people mm-hmm. they should rethink that and they should read human action by ludwig von mises because it doesn't work uh, it's uh, economy it doesn't work it just won't work uh, people can't be disincentivized to do uh, when you take away uh, the ability to learn from your mistakes people will misallocate their most precious resource which is their time hmm. and they will end up not not doing stuff that betters the life of their fellow humans and they will end up doing stuff egoistic stuff that is only good for them and no one else and like every entrepreneur is a slave to the customers uh, and this is what Mises understood and uh, and this is like The, the most misunderstood fact of life right now that we we've never had a free market uh, and it, it is pretty 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 far from free right now uh, uh, it's not free market capitalism it's crony capitalism at best and uh, communism at worst uh, 
and the US, uh, like the narrative that the West won and we're all in liberal uh, Western societies, it's all wrong. We're, we're, we're in the Soviet Union just before the collapse, <laughs> unfortunately. We have it a bit better off than they did, but surveillance-wise and like misallocating resources and screwing up incentives, we're, we're on a path, we're on the wrong path. That's what I believe. Democracy? Democracy. We have it? Or nothing uh, like it? Yeah, it depends on your definition of the word. I, I think the, the Greeks that invented it ha- had another idea of what it was supposed to be. And uh, representative democracy is, is not really a democracy, is it? Like, if I have a representative uh, speaking for me, uh, that's not really me. And uh, especially not if there are lobbyists <laughs> around. <laughs> I mean, I want, uh, a counter question to that is, is democracy worth fighting for? Or should we focus on building something else, something more clever? So a tool for that doesn't need the uh, the collectivism that that uh, that democracies thrive on. There's another chapter in the book about that why why collectivists win. There's one. Uh, I think that was the last chapter I wrote, but it's, uh, I'm kind of happy with that one. Yeah. Mm. I, I I just kept on thinking about about the subject, and uh, it sort of wrote itself because the more the more tribal you are, the easier. Uh, like, if g- belonging to a group is is important to you, you will form larger groups. And the more individualistic you are, the the, the smaller groups you will. And and you see this everywhere uh, with the political powers, like uh, the 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 political party with the the highest flock mentality approach to politics tends to win everywhere. Do you agree? I do. And I was trying to find that, that chapter about collectivists always win because, um, chapter three, I believe it's, it's one of those ones that keeps popping up on Twitter. And I think I even highlighted it in the notes in the Google docs that we were sharing. Um, I can't, yeah, yeah, exactly. I you did. Yeah, and it's a kick in the nuts to to use a British phrase. A phrase, excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. I found it. Uh, nor does it really put it. Well, uh, here we go. I don't want to um, paraphrase. I, I want to try and find it if I can. Yeah, here we go. Collectivists win because of their ignorance, because of their willingness to be used, because they fail to realize that it's all in their heads. All of it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, when you, when that hits you, when you're sitting there, you know, you might be having a cup of coffee, you might be reading it before bed, you might be, you know, uh, I I don't know, sitting in a garden, 
It doesn't matter where you are. You read that two sentences and you're like, oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> just, just put the – when you read that, listeners, just put the book – wherever you are, just put the book down. At, uh, you know, it's the end of Chapter 3 and just look around you and think about what's going on in the world. Uh, you know, especially if you're in a cafe or in a public place or on a park bench or whatever, look around you. Like, what are these people doing? Many of them are just not thinking. No. Right? right. And yeah. it sounds really conceited to say something like that. And, it, it you know, it, it doesn't come from a bad place. It comes from a good place because that's why I started the podcast. I want to try and challenge people's mindsets and open them up to what you and I believe is going to unlock a better future for, for not only for ourselves and our family and our future generations, but for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And that is why you write what you write. It's it's hard to to not fall further and further down the down the rabbit hole because it, it is deep and uh, I think it's bottomless when you, when you when you really start to think about these things and what what it means, what it implies. So if we bring this around to right now, what's happened in the last few days? We've had the halving halvening however you want to pronounce it doesn't really matter who gives it is it priced in no one cares <laughs> but you know, but what is going on is we have the, the the leading hedge fund manager of our time Paul Tudor Jones coming yeah. out and announcing I'm going 1 to 2% the fact that he didn't have the exact number in his head kinds of makes you, you know, any investors in his fund, you might want to check, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> show me your exact... portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're live on CNBC. You might want to have the exact figures, but yeah, yeah. you know, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be 2%. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's anywhere between one and 2%. Well, that's a big amount of cash, Paul. So can you give us, <laughs> um, shit's changing. Yeah, right? right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Do what, what do you feel about that and what do you feel about the next Here's a good question. Trigger question. S2F. Stock to flow. Yeah. Uh you mean the price prediction model stock to flow? Yes. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, but I yeah yeah, but the, okay. Let, let me explain myself. Sure. The the, the guy Plan B, love yes. him, and I love his, his his thoughts around this. Yes. But but this is this is the difference between the Chicago school and the Austrian school, uh, as I've learned in the last couple of years. I didn't know anything about economics or <laughs> economic schools or anything before Bitcoin, but the thing is, it once. Once you realize what the uh, subjective theory of value Im really implies, uh, th th then all of these price prediction models, they're bullshit, all of them. Uh, and that, that's like, oh, I saw a talk today about that with, 
with Eric Wall and his uh, uh, rainbow chart thing thingy there, and and someone else that that tried to debunk the whole stock to flow model thing with the, like this might might not be a parabolic rise. It might be uh, <laughs> just the tip of a rainbow that goes just goes to shit after this, and of course they they uh, they might be right uh, short term, but but this is the thing. I, I don't really care if. If hyper Bitcoinization, of course, I would like it to happen during my lifetime, even though I I uh, suspect it will be turbulent and uh, uh, it might be dangerous. It, it might be a dangerous period, to, uh, a, a dangerous era to live through. Uh, the hyper Bitcoinization to actually live through hyper Bitcoinization might be might be dangerous. So. If it happens now, or if it happens in a thousand years, uh, I, I try try not to focus on that because it doesn't really matter. What matters is that uh, right now I'm I'm doing this in this space, and I feel like I'm contributing and that I'm doing something worthwhile with at least a chunk of my life. Uh, of course, I, I think the rest of it is worthwhile as well, eating well, drinking well, uh, and of course, uh, goes without saying, raising a family. Uh, I, I love my wife and my kids, and uh, uh, I'd like to embetter their lives in any way possible. And uh, I try to do that every day, and I try to focus on how to how to do that and how to how to have a, a, a better life in the future. And uh, at the same time, I'm watching my uh, my wife go on web pages to see where she can spend uh, the money to to like equal things up. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, jokes aside, uh, the doing doing this in Bitcoin. I like you. I really believe that. This is like, what's the word for it? A vocation? Uh, like, uh, mm-hmm. you've seen the ikigai thing. Like, you find your Zen with the, the thing that, where, where the Venn diagram, uh, uh, the middle of the Venn diagram, you find something that you, uh, that you can sort of make money from and that mm-hmm. you really believe in and that gives you. Uh, Gives you a good feeling in your stomach, and it triggers your brain, and whatever it might be. Uh, and mm-hmm. Bitcoin is the thing because it triggers every every corner of my brain. Like I really feel like I'm I'm not wasting time doing this. I'm 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 doing something worthwhile, really worthwhile. And what was the question again, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't matter. Do you, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Do you, I mean, like, do you think? Do you think of yourself as a, a polymath? Definitely not. Why not? Well, I'm not. I'm not that into maths to begin with. <laughs> it is not. I haven't been doing maths for quite some time. I'm fascinated. But uh, yeah, that, that's not entirely true. Uh, there's a very good YouTube channel called Numberphile. It's uh, 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 for uh, mathematics nerds. And, well, I, I guess you have to have a, a uh, 
<laughs> quite uh, quite high uh, quite high threshold to it. It's it's not for beginners, but but it's worthwhile. Uh, I I really like that, and you can just follow. It's like reading a, a popular science magazine or something. Like you, 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 your brain gets triggered, but you don't have to do all the hard work. <laughs> so, like, and maths is is fascinating to me more than, more than anything else, uh, and beautiful. Well, let me let me read to you the definition of a polymath. A polymath is an individual whose knowledge spans a significant number of subjects, known to draw on complex bodies of knowledge. To, stol- to solve specific problems. Do you not oh my, put yourself in, like I put you? No, I like, never like, thought of myself in those terms. You uh, like? Do you not? You, honestly, you don't think so? Like you know, like and the things that you've managed to completely master <laughs> in 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 your life, like you you can sail a tail a tall ship around the world with your little <laughs> finger. Come you on, can. You you're a lead singer in a rock band. You're, you're, you, you've understood Bitcoin really. like almost inside <laughs> out and written two books about it. I think you've been a little bit no, harsh c- on yourself. Come like, on. You know. the, the thing that pops up in my head now is, is the scene from the first Captain America movie where he stands with the lid of the, the, <laughs> the, the garbage can and he says, no, I'm just a guy from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not from Brooklyn. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just a guy. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah it's, that, that's an embarrassing question. I'm not a polymath. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you, you know, uh, uh, being at these uh, Bitcoin conferences and everything, and 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 trying to do something, uh, uh, I, I I get my fair share of imposter syndrome as well. You know, like, and I think everyone in this space does. Because there are no experts. I mean, we're all trying to to find our own path uh, in this and find our own place in it. And uh, like, if but but it is the amount of real geniuses in this space, mm-hmm. guys like Nick Sabo and those uh, Hal Finney and those. Uh, I I wouldn't even dream of putting myself up there. Uh, like I'm not there. I, uh, <laughs> it's funny you bring um, this up, right? Because you know it's um, you know Matt O'Dell. Big shout out. You know, stay humble. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think actually that that is a great screening tool because how could you not be humble? Like to your point, how could you be in this space? And not be humbled every day and intellectually challenged. Dunning Kruger. <laughs> What's the that? Dunning, the Dunning Kruger effect. <laughs> it's, Please explain. It's, that's the psychological. Uh, it's psychological phenomena. That uh, it's it's about the worse you are at doing something, the worse you are at knowing that you're bad at doing that thing. <laughs> and, uh, and it explains so much. Uh, so many things in the world like if you're really really bad at at doing something you have no idea that you're really really bad at it and this this is not only donald trump or or like uh, uh, we're we're not coming back to your sex life are we like you know just (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't see that coming. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, here we go again. So, yeah. Oh, all right. And we, we're only about an hour and a half in, listeners. you got about probably a, a double of this to, to sit through. But yeah, yeah, we sat like, for four, four, uh, four and a half hours. I believe yeah. last time, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So, <laughs> if if I go back to like, um, the, the, you know, to use this as a screening tool in, in the space, I'm going to start using this now because if you come up against someone that is not humble in this space, they're a scammer. Not really. You don't think so? Or they will turn no, no, out to no, be. No, no, no. Or they no. will turn out to be a scammer. Who, who, who would you say is, or has been, not humble in? No. Okay. No. 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 We <laughs> should move on. But but, I, but, I, but I could give you examples. I, I'm not going to do that. But I could give you examples of people that are quite rude and very sure about their own position. I might be one of those, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the people are worse than me. Uh, and they can still be brilliant at what they do. And and you shouldn't, like, intelligence, uh, the, there, there are so many different types of, in, of intelligence. So, uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, count someone out because, because they're, bragging too much or because they're rude or because they're like well there are certain personas that are just pure comedy that you know that, yeah, that they're yeah, brash yeah, and that, that that's yeah just, yeah and they're gen- generally behind a pseudonym and you know that's that's all fun and games i can see that and i enjoy it and you know i can interact with it and i understand like you know if a comedian gets up on stage that's not them that that's an act. That's that's half of Bitcoin Twitter is an act. Um, yeah, yeah, but but you can be. Uh, you, you, I mean, if you're a funny guy, you're a funny guy. So so you can be yourself if you're a comedian. I believe so. Like, don't true you think, until like, the point where you've got to really like. It's a comedian's job to to again to question narratives right to yeah, to, uh, to question mu- fixed mindsets how and much how much of Ricky Gervais for instance do you think is an act good question good like, question just because he popped into he, my that, head. yeah no he, he does lay it on the line very very you know in in a brilliant way uh, and yeah. you know he can get up and talk about atheism and uh, you know um, yeah and in the religion Bitcoin's- yeah yeah, yeah sorry sorry yeah, he can talk about religion and and all these complicated subjects matters. Like, yes. but I I I never feel he's insincere about stuff. Not really, just because he puts a comedic angle on it. And in the Bitcoin space, like uh, Giacomo, for instance, mm-hmm. I I love his his uh, persona in this, uh, and I think it's very genuine because he's a really funny guy at heart mm-hmm. uh, and. And but he can still discuss very serious topics and have seriously deep thoughts about it, and still be an excellent troll. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, like, and there are so many, and I I could name names, but like like even if I 
even if I give shout outs to people I like, uh, I think I'll, f- I'll forget people and <laughs> there are yeah, so, no, no, many, no, no. so many people yeah. that we like in this. So yeah, Thousands. What, what, whatever shout outs come, come out of this, the, uh, yeah. you, well, there's a, th- there's a hundred more that's, that should have been there. I think we will both, you know, attest to the fact that we stand on the shoulders of giants and, you know, th- th- this, yeah. This whole community has certainly shaped me over the last couple of years. Um, and it continues to do so. And, uh, yeah, uh, to the point where it's like, right, I, I can't sit on the sidelines of this anymore and I've got to step up to the plate and get over my fear of using my voice and um, connection skills to, to add value. Yeah, and you, but you really do, and like the, the, this is my time to praise you, Daniel, because you you have an you have an excellent way of doing this, and you let people finish uh, whatever thoughts are in their heads, and you, you the the questions are few, but very on the point all the time, and uh, and th- there's a reason to why your pod has skyrocketed since you started it. Because it really has, and it has a lot of respect in the in the space, and there's a reason to that. Uh, people love it, and because it's good, it's that good. It's there you very go. nice, very nice to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, like when when you were, I'm sure when you were in the um, the throes of of writing your first book, you you faced down the fear, and it's like you know what what if. What if nobody reads it? What if nobody likes it? What if there's just criticism over this? What if there's like you know a backlash? Yeah, it's- but the, then that was that, and I uh, forget about it and go on. Well, like, who cares, really? If it if, if it's bad, it's bad, and you just go on with your life and you try to do something better uh, next time. Like, yeah, that you can't you can't ever excel at anything without trying. Uh, like, so, what's the next book? Uh, it's a very, very good question too. Uh, I don't really know, uh, but I didn't know that uh, that Independence Reimagine would pop out of me either. So, <laughs> you never know. Uh, I, like I said, when I uh, when I finished Sovereignty, I was bored with writing about Bitcoin because I couldn't get any new ideas, and then. Then I realized in Spain that I had all of that in me somewhere, and uh, it just happened. Uh, and that's that's the thing about creativity. Uh, what I should do is re- reallocate more t- or allocate more time to just just being creative and see whatever comes out. Because I believe that that's in order to be creative, you have to like sit and try to write something or. Uh, uh, play the guitar or w- whatever you do uh, as you, w- whatever outlet you have for your creativity you need to you need to use that in order for s- ideas to pop up because if you don't do it th- th- there's nothing in there and like i've been thinking about trying to write fiction uh, uh, like trying to to uh, to make sort of a trilogy out of this but that the last book should be like a dystopian fiction 
But but even now when I talk about it, it sounds a bit too cliche and a bit boring. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, so maybe that idea isn't good enough. I don't know. I I have. One thing I, I intend to do is, is put the two books together and make like a, a, a thicker version of the two books I re- already have, uh, like a cheap money grab, uh, and uh, <laughs> maybe with a hardcover and everything, and like, yeah, and uh, of course continue to uh, interact with people on Twitter and uh, go to more conferences and try to get more gigs uh, in Bitcoin. Like, got that that whole thing going now and. Uh, I sort of like that, so uh, try to see where where I can take that, and who knows? Well, you've taken Twitter by storm in the last two or three days by posting <laughs> by posting Have your I? YouTube, yeah, your YouTube uh, videos of your your metal band from <laughs> what fifteen years ago, whenever it was. No, five years ago. Five years ago. That's all. Yeah. 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 That video was just from five years ago. You no, had that, hair that, that long. Yeah, six years ago, I believe. Wow. So brilliant, brilliant. I thought it was an excellent song. And hopefully uh, Adam, the uh, the sound engineer, is going to use that music to intro and outro of, of this episode. But also, <laughs> also hopefully we'll put together a montage of all of my episodes so far um, to that music. So, oh really? For the, for the, well, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that'd be a great. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. I also think a cool thing to do would be next conference, like the the first post COVID conference. Whoever you're going to be, book Canut not only to present his books, but to also provide the concert. I think that would be uh, brilliant. <laughs> and if you're into writing fiction, when Bitcoin film, film, yeah, we don't have one yet. Yeah, there are Bitcoin films, aren't there? Oh, yeah, they, yeah, really? seen like, like full-on films, like you know. Yeah, the, 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 there isn't a really good one yet. I mean, there, there was one called Banking on Bitcoin. Like it's like five years old now, I, I guess. But that the, was more, this was that more documentary style? Or? Yeah, they're more documentary yeah. style than Roger Ver's so, in all of them. So I mean, I mean there yeah. there could be a rumor <laughs> out there that Ben Mesrick's book is going to be made into a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his first book was uh, was a very successful film already, like The Social Network, right? Uh, I think and his first one was um, it's about the casinos, wasn't it? I think it was called Twenty One Aces in the yeah, 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 movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was also a film. So yeah, I meant his previous book. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but or one yeah. one of his other books, whatever. <laughs> so, mate, there you go. There's the challenge. Let you, you know, that, I, I really like that movie, uh, The Social Network. I really yeah. like that. Uh, and I believe Trent Reznor did the soundtrack for that. He's, worked, he's collaborated with David Fincher a bunch of times, the guy from Nine Inch Nails. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but film, I... I yeah, yeah, of course I'm a film nerd as well. <laughs> so, so I, so uh, I like film, and I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about how movies are made. And like, there's a channel called Lessons from the Screenplay, and I, I, I watch that when I'm bored, just to to. Uh, there's some tips about uh, 
why storytelling is the way it is and uh, basically uh, it, it analyzes the, uh, the screenplays of uh, of movies and why they are the way they are and what makes them brilliant. Uh, there's another channel like I tend to I tend to when I, when I have some spare time to to watch YouTube. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say when. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not uh, a polymath, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to I tend to try to have like too many tabs open at the same time and try to do too many things simultaneously, of course. But <laughs> there's another one called uh, "What Makes This Song Great" from uh, a guy called Rick Beato, who's analyzing uh, music from uh, from the era the eras we like. Like he's really into grunge, so he's separated all the tracks from all the uh, the, the grunge songs and uh, he, he analyzes each one of them and like what what guitars they used and uh, how the song was written and what scales they're playing in and what you name it everything it's just a dissecting songs like that and uh, having done a bit of sound engineering uh, and music production I I, I, I sort of, of got into that yeah <laughs> Have, having built race cars from scratch and <laughs> no, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> what music did you listen to when you were writing the book? Uh none because my uh, like I said I wake up 2 hours before the rest of the family does. There are headphones. <laughs> there are headphones. Oh yeah, there are. Forgot <laughs> forgot about that. Forgot about those. Oh, did I listen to music while writing the book? I don't even remember. I don't think I did. Uh, it's hard to focus uh, when you try to do two things at the same time. I try to if if I'm writing, or if I'm like I I wouldn't listen to a song while trying to write a song, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And this mm -hmm. is about the same thing. By I'm not reading a book while whilst writing a book. Uh, 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 when you're doing something creative. I think you have to be super focused and you have to find a, a zone to be in a, mi a certain mindset and you can't really be that's the thing you, you, you have to know that you're not going to be distracted this is also from John Cleese by the way he says that if you know that you're not going to be distracted for a certain amount of time that you, you that then the mind can wander off and you can get brilliant ideas uh and i i think i really think creativity is connected to this and that uh all the notifications for everything we get every day uh uh sort of hinder this uh, hinders creativity in this way and we tend to produce shorter and shorter creative things and people don't really <laughs> write book uh, books of the, the i mean my books are short that we we have a shorter time for this has to do with time preference and everything uh, also of course uh, there, there's something about everyday life nowadays that hinders the creative process but of course there are two sides to that coin i mean the tools we have for for being creative with are a lot better so we have no one to blame but ourselves for not using them properly, if that's the case. 
and dare I, you know, dwell on that about creativity and um, not being in 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 the right environment to be creative. Um, so Ken Robinson, his his TED talk, uh, do yeah. schools kill creativity? It all stems yeah, yeah. back. It takes us so that, all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. And yeah, you know, sad. Well, let, let me ask you this: like, you know, if is it a good idea? for a country or a nation state, whatever you want to call it. Which aren't good ideas in the first place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Turn left at rabbit hole one. Right, okay. <laughs> no. Um, is it a good idea that if, you know, if, think about this, right, we have X amount of tens of millions of kids Let's all educate them in exactly the same way, with exactly the same subjects, at exactly the same pace. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm going to say. You know the answer already, don't you? The answer is no. <laughs> Simple as that. But we sh we shouldn't. <laughs> and this is what we're fighting. And this all yeah. comes back to creativity. Yeah, because creativity gets just knocked out of us at a very early age. And why? Because of the first principles thinking. Yeah. First principles thinking. Why? Who is it serving? Who does it serve? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Follow the money. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, deep stuff and depressing stuff. Like <clears throat> being, I mean, not being taught about praxeology. Uh, no school no public school I know of teaches praxeology. And I think this should be taught if, uh, uh, like maths, praxeology, and I guess physics, <laughs> which is basically maths. And like <laughs> these are the subjects that people should be studying. Like how does things, how does the world actually work? Not how does society work. That's not interesting. How does the world work? What makes people tick? What like society is just a construct. It's 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 a layer two thing. It's on it's on top of praxeology, and no one even knows it's a subject. I, I mean, it's it's. And it's I, a, I will go so far as to to read out like the definition of praxeology um, in in philosophy, praxeology or. Um, Praxeology, there's two spellings, thank you, America, is yeah. the theory of human action based on the notion that humans engage in purposeful behavior as opposed to reflexive behavior like sneezing and unintentional behavior. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty damn basic. Why do people do stuff? Mm -hmm. And w when you get a grip on that... Uh, you can explain so much, so many other phenomena, and if you have if you have maths in you and you understand uh, and praxeology, uh, you you can do whatever you want in life after after you know those two things. Uh, well, you're going to be uh, you're going to have to follow the rules as everyone else and be coerced into this and and into that but if if you want to really un, uh, if you want a deep understanding of stuff you should start there yeah it's deep man yeah 
And uh, like, for me, reading Mises was like, it felt like reading Newton <laughs> or, or some, some uh, yeah, Newton was wrong. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it felt like reading some, uh, someone who had a very deep understanding of something very fundamental. Uh, and uh, that's the reason that the name lives on and that people are, it's still uh, enthralling to, to people. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's still, it's, it's the great forgotten, forgotten uh, uh, branch of science, uh, praxeology. And uh, it's just as important as uh, <laughs> as chemistry or anything else. Like, it's you know, was really... it forgotten or suppressed? Yeah, yeah, that's the question, right? Forgotten or suppressed? Uh, I believe, but, but here we get into conspiracy, the, uh, uh, critical thinking. Ter- territory, we'll call that. <laughs> uh, yeah, territory again. Yeah, because suppressed by some, uh, I can buy that. But for the most part, I, peop- I think people are just ignorant and uh, not not clever enough to grasp to grasp it, or, or like uh, too ignorant to to bother. But maybe maybe suppressed by by some, sure. But uh, like a grand scheme of of uh, I don't know. The educational system—it's a—it's a mixed bag for me because education is important, and I don't think that schools are all bad. Uh, and of course, not the individual teachers can be really great at what they do, and they can really—I've had some good teachers, uh, and the—the. Uh, uh, the, the thing they had in common was a, a passion for for what they did, and a passion for teaching. And if if you're really interested in what what you're trying to teach other people, I think you can really you can trigger. Uh, uh, good teachers should be able to to trigger to trigger thoughts in the in the students. But of course, large systems of. Uh, <laughs> Mass education and uh, like centralized school plans spanning nations and uh, all of this is is very dystopian and uh, it's easy to become <laughs> a conspiracist when thinking about these things. So suppressed, yeah, maybe maybe even probably, yeah, I can buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worth well, thinking well, about no. is there anything else that you think we should discuss before we sign off because uh, this has been another incredible conversation with you <laughs> yeah. and we've already I think we've already crossed the two hour mark um, I, I could carry on going for sure uh, as you well know um, is it is there anything in particular that you would like to address or, or leave the listeners with as a final thought? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> do you? Do you? But buy my book. Uh, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I would say read my book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and read other books as well. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> read Daniel's books. <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll get to that one day. <laughs> one day, I'm sure. You know. You know. I wrote a kids' book as well, sort of to shield my own work. But um, if, oh, if really? it, yeah, yeah, it might yeah. now be out of print. But I don't know. It's, if you if you look send out, send me for, a link. Send me a link. I will. Uh, Zoe the zookeeper on. Um, Zoe the zookeeper. Yeah, it yeah. should be on Amazon. Yeah, I wrote that book when uh, my wife was pregnant with our first daughter. And we were doing the usual first parents thing and, and getting all of the, the nursery ready and, you know, whatever else and buying all of the shit you don't really need, but, you know, you're yeah, feared yeah. out of your mind as a first-time parent and you yeah, know, yeah, only, yeah. only the best will that. do, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you throw it out after six months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all and, of it's uh, like buying, buying the books. I'm like, I could write a book like this. This is ridiculous. Look how shit these yeah, books yeah. are. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I said this task. And wrote a child's book, yeah. So that was um, a little known I'm, fact. I'm glad you did because there are so many shitty child's, <laughs> children's books out there. Oh, I'm sure mine's shit too. But you know, uh, you know, just follow the herd, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've been having a two-hour conversation about not following the. <laughs> yeah, about kids' books. This I is met... pre-Bitcoin, pre-Bitcoin <laughs> child's okay, book. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the best excuse in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was stupid then. It was pretty big kind. <laughs> All right, okay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been on the show before. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, Go about ahead. kids' books. Mm. Uh, just a shout out to the Bitcoin rabbi. Right, yes. Whom I, whom I met in virtual reality two days ago. Like yes. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, this uh, Kraken had this uh, pre-halvening party thing going on with a couple of, uh, couple of talks. And I have a headset, but I didn't use it. I, I was just looking at the screen, but running around there and trying to uh, see how it all worked. And then uh, all of a sudden he was there and like, oh, hello, how, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've, I've interacted with him before several times. Uh, he seems like a really great guy. My kids have watched the cartoon on his website um, about uh, yeah. you know money and exchange. And uh, it's a great, great resource for, for kids. Yeah, I yeah, need to yeah. go and... I need to do him a favor and go and order those books and invite him onto the show, of course. To, uh, to yeah, do that. Do that. Yeah. He's a great guy. So, right. Okay. Closing question. We went down a rabbit hole before. Um, you're used to this question now. I know you've listened to many other interviews. Um, so if you could implant your knowledge about Bitcoin and what it could mean for the future of you know, oh, humanity, who would you implant that knowledge into and why? Oh, I should have been prepared for this. <laughs> I think last time I said Darth Vader or something, like on another pod. <laughs> oh, oh, check my notes. Uh, we we got down the Greta Thunberg yeah, rabbit but, hole. But, okay, I got the perfect answer for you. You do? Trey, okay. Park, Trey Parker, of course. Trey Parker. Yeah. There you there go. There you go. Yeah, Trey when, Parker. When Bitcoin episode? That, yeah, that, when yeah. Bitcoin South Park and when... When the book uh, book of Satoshi, when when whatever, like uh, <laughs> w- when will you do something about this? And I just hope he's on our side. <laughs> Can I go so far as suggesting that for your 
for for your next writing project, you write an episode of South Park and just email it to him and see what happens. Oh, come on, man. Yes. <laughs> That's the challenge. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> you, called, you called our last chat the trigger episode. And now you want me to write a fucking South Park episode. How many people could you trigger in an episode of South Park? Like, it's just, uh, oh, it's you, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, I'm getting pissed here because it, it's, it's tempting. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, um, uh, yeah. I hope I hope if anybody's listening, I hope you got this far into it. I hope uh, <laughs> Knut and I kept you entertained uh, for for the full two hours, and you'll take to Twitter and push him over the edge and get him writing uh, a South Park episode. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, you can find you can find my books on Amazon right now. I'm. Uh, one little pet project is to try to set up a B2C page server kind of thing and maybe maybe a website one day and like stuff like that 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 I ought to have done years back. But like Well you heard it here, community. Try things out. Yeah. Knut's looking for help. Like, you know it, Yeah, yeah. Well, uh. <laughs> you know people are gonna wanna help you, right? Like uh, you know this yeah, is Yeah, they already started helping me, so uh, this is so, how yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got help with the podcast from uh, Adam Woodhams. Thank you so much for reaching out and um, and stepping yeah, up like to the I plate. Yeah, like I said, the, the best the best place to be in for anything any, anything you want to do. Uh, the Bitcoin space is is phenomenal, uh, and uh, huge shout out to Daniel Prince, <laughs> Fra- <laughs> Fractal Encrypt, uh, Guy Swan, and uh, of course Hodl Not. And uh, and Kalle Rosenbaum who helped me up with my last book. Excellent. And 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 all those other guys that, when the project was finalized, the projects were finalized, they didn't want to have their names associated to it anymore. <laughs> but but those guys really helped as well. <laughs> and a, a huge shout out to the respective breweries that got us through this uh, this interview tonight as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout yeah. out to Tubog. <laughs> Thanks. Canute, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming back on the show. I look forward to our next pleasure, conversation. Man. Yeah, my and pleasure. And I'll make man. sure, you know, when when the next book is out and when your South Park episode is released, we'll do another another show. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you a, I'll give you a ring when uh, when we book tickets for Spain next time, and we'll see if we can meet in uh, meet space. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. Thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for sticking around and uh, sitting this one out, listening to uh, Knut and I go deep, get into um, some, some crazy rabbit holes, trying to understand how his mind works, how he sees the world, how he sees the Bitcoin space. It's a journey. And, you know, he shrugged it off. He's a polymath. I'm calling it. Like, you know, when you get to to actually meet him, when you speak to him, when you see his face, when you see how he, if you just ask him a basic question, if you just see how his mind starts whirring, you know, you know you're talking to somebody of... I don't want to say like, you know, 
a higher intelligence, but th- th- there's something there's something else clicking in his brain for me at least. Uh, maybe I'm just some some low down low life pleb, um, but it's it's incredible um, to chat with him and uh, to ask him about his book and really you know touch on some of the subjects that um, that he brings up in that book. And I, yeah, please go pick up a copy, or hopefully soon. Uh, very, very soon it will be available uh, with uh, Guy Swan's podcast, The Crypto Economy, and you'll be able to go on uh, and listen to it. And Guy does such an amazing job of reading um, all of these articles and all of these books. So a huge shout out for Guy. Um, if you want to reach out to Knut, go find him on um, Twitter, Knut's Von Holm. And uh, he's, you know, very very open to, to people reaching out and uh, loves the banter on Twitter. He's, uh, he's always there, uh, you know, throwing his oar in. We, we got into more discussions after recording as, um, as was expected. Uh, I think we have another show up our sleeves uh, sometime, sometime further down the line. And they could even be, you know, as discussed, is, is, is there's another project coming soon. Um, it'd be great, you know, as much as we joked about it, it'd be great if he could write write some, uh, you know, comedic Bitcoin f- fictional piece that uh, that could end up going mainstream. Who knows? It'll be uh, he's definitely certainly capable of it. Believe me. Um, yeah. Again, you know, heartfelt thanks to anybody that uh, that listened this far heartfelt thanks to anybody that listens to the show and um you know shares it out retweets comments um really you know it's uh, it's very humbling so big thank you stay tuned for the next show i'm gonna you know really really keep pushing this i want to get some uh, amazing guests coming your way and um yeah feel free to reach out on twitter at princey1976 and uh go find the uh subscribe to the podcast and um yeah take care guys really appreciate you uh really appreciate you listening thanks so much